This morning, we are continuing a series we started last week called Changes. Changes. So we are thinking about uh, change. Uh, I told you last week, a lot of times, uh, and I've told you for years now, uh, a lot of times when I stand up here to give a word, uh, I'm preaching to myself first and hoping that y'all get something out of it too. Uh, And so in this series, uh, which is the last one that I get to share with you uh, before Kelly and I move up north, we are uh, talking about change because it's something that we are very intimately familiar with and something we're all familiar with too and we're going to be familiar with together. And so last week we we talked about the story of Jacob who became Israel and the idea that, that uh, Jacob almost selected that change for himself by some of his actions, some of the ways that he acted in his life, the ways that he was an actor in his life. He was selecting the idea that he was going to have to change. This morning we're going to talk about Mary. Uh, Mary uh, becomes the mother of God. And Mary's story is a story of someone who doesn't choose change for herself. Sometimes change happens because we ask it to happen, and sometimes change happens to us. And so if you have a Bible with you this morning, I'd invite you to check out, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 26 through 38. A part of what we're doing this morning, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to see it on the screen behind me. Um, part of the experience of this particular passage of Scripture is uh, Mary didn't get to see the words that that the angel Gabriel was giving to her. Uh, I was hoping that maybe we might just get to listen to God's word this morning. So what I want to invite you to do, this is like a bold thing for a preacher to do on Sunday morning when we're already over 40 minutes into a service. I want to invite you to close your eyes. (laughs) You're not going to stay closed forever, I promise. But uh, I want to invite you to close your eyes as we read this scripture from Luke's gospel. And I want you to try and picture the words that are being said here. So again, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one! The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered, what kind of greeting might this be? The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son and and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The the Lord God will give him the, the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, well, how will this happen? How can this be since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied, the the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Look, look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. The, the woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. And then the angel left her. 
My brothers and sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, open your eyes. Open your eyes. I want to ask you if you've ever gotten good news that's not really good news. Anybody know this experience? Good news that's not really good news? I love that Kelly raised her hand. I'm going to tell on her. Uh, I, I love, uh, this is a situation that happens sometimes in our house. Uh, Kelly will come home and there will be shopping bags that are full of groceries. Or, or the, the more prevalent time is like shopping bags full of yarn and fabric from Joanne uh, Fabric Store. And, and Kelly will come in the house and say, guess how much I saved on all of this stuff, right? Like, I, I, saved, I saved $50, and, and, and yeah, okay, that's good news, but how much did you spend, right? Like, that's the, that's the big question, right? Even when we get good news, sometimes good news isn't so good. The angel Gabriel shows up. Mary's hanging out, chilling. Imagine that you're just, like, chilling, and all of a sudden, an angel shows up. That would be kind of fascinating, right? And so here, here Mary is, la-di-da-di-da, angel time. And so uh, probably just like that, right? And so uh, she shows up, and, and <laughs> the angel Gabriel says, Behold, I have good news for you. Good news for you, Mary. And imagine Mary's like, okay, what you got, right? And, and so uh, the angel says, well, well you're going to give birth to the Savior of humankind. Now, for Mary, I imagine that's like, wow, that's, that's really cool, but there are a couple other things that we might just throw into there for just a little bit of consideration. So um, a couple thousand years ago, birth, like, uh, we didn't have hospitals, right? Like, Mary wasn't going to go and check in with her OBGYN, and then all this stuff's going to happen, right? Like, like, birth was dangerous. Survival rates were just a smidge lower a couple of millennia ago than they are today, right? It's, it's this kind of dangerous sort of thing. Uh, it's something that will be hard on her, like painful. I haven't given birth myself. I hear it's kind of a painful experience. I don't know. Moms, it's Mother's Day. Anybody, anybody affirm that? Like maybe it, it, it doesn't tickle. Um, and so then, by the way, above all of those other things, Mary isn't married yet. <laughs> and in the society at this time, Mary's getting ready to be like outcast looked down upon, scorned for having this kid with somebody that isn't her husband. But you know, otherwise, it's really great news. Yeah, okay, awesome. Maybe Mary was asking Gabriel, how much did you spend at Joanne, right? <laughs> Here's what this story can teach us. Sometimes the changes we face are not the changes that we want. For real, sometimes you have to move and you don't really want to. Sometimes you have to make adjustments you weren't thinking you would have to make. In the, in the face of change, Mary is there. And did you notice, what was her first reaction to this good news? Anybody catch that? What, was, what did she say? Anybody, anybody get what happened there? Pop quiz. What, what did you say, Ryan? How can this be? Her first reaction when she gets this good news is not like, yeah, Jesus, I'm going to do this, like, like saying her son's name, right? Like, it's not like, you know, all right, I'm going to do God's thing and like doing the little sway dance kind of thing. It's not, it's not celebratory at all. Her first response to God's good news for her is to question it. It's not, oh, yes, God, I can't wait to do this. You're just so awesome and so amazing, and I love you so much. And yes, yes, yes. 
It's not even an affirmation. How can it be? How many times in our lives have we faced something daunting and had those exact same words come out of our mouths and our hearts? Dear God, how can this be? As Mary asks this question, Gabriel has a response for her. I want you to notice that Gabriel's response to Mary's question isn't like, shut your mouth, lady. You just got to get with the times, right? Like, it's not like, it's not condemning the question. It's providing an answer to the question. It's giving her a vision that is born out of her honesty. Gabriel's response is a vision and a picture of what is to come, and in that, there is a lesson for us, too. When we are facing hard things, when we are facing changes, maybe that we didn't ask for, there are three things I think we ought to be doing. We should be honest about our questions. We should be seeking God's vision, and we should be willing to do what God is calling us to do. Because what does Mary actually say at the end of this passage? After processing the news and sharing her questions and meditating on what Gabriel brings to her, she has two sentences. I mean, another pop quiz. Anybody remember what those two sentences were at the very, very end of the story? She says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. In that moment, as she's honest about her questions, as she wrestles with what this will mean, ultimately, she pledges herself to God and surrenders herself to God's will. I wonder if that might be a gift to us as well, my friends. When the change that is coming isn't the one we asked for or wanted, amidst our insecurities, our questions, and our worries about the future, does God not ask us for that same kind of trust? Is it not what we offer God week in and week out when we utter what I think is really a haunting phrase in the Lord's Prayer? We say it week in and week out. Thy will be done. I wonder what it would look like for us to have a faith like Mary's. One that's honest, that's skeptical, but ultimately is absolutely trusting. A faith that doesn't have to have all the answers before it follows where God is leading. That, my friends, is a godly kind of change. Because you see, Mary's trust changes not only her life, it changes everyone's life. It changes the world. You see, we can learn from Mary. This is an incredible response in so many ways, but it's not just Mary that we can learn from. In the story, you notice that Gabriel's got a lot to say. And he says all these things, and and before Mary can ever affirm what Gabriel has to say, he says this phrase to her. Nothing is impossible for God. In the midst of hard news, in the midst of a challenging time, the angel Gabriel offers God's truth to God's servant. Nothing is impossible for God. When you're facing a change that you didn't ask for, what does Gabriel say? Nothing is impossible for God. 
when you are trying to keep your work schedule and your kids' schedule and your life schedule in balance? What are the words that Gabriel would say to us? Nothing is impossible for God. When you're trying to make sense of how God could be asking someone like you to do something like that, what does God say to us? Nothing is impossible for God, when you're wondering where the dollars are to come, where they're going to come from to keep our building open, what does Gabriel say? Nothing is impossible for God. When you're confronted with the seemingly impossible person or place or task or thing, what does God say? Nothing is impossible for God. Friends, when we are experiencing everything that life might throw at us, and believe you me, I believe that we are experiencing a lot of that right now. With confidence, I believe that the truth that Gabriel spoke to Mary a couple thousand years ago is the truth that God speaks to us today. And what is it? Nothing is impossible. That is like, come on, y'all, like, that is real good news, and if we really believe that, we sure as heck better say it like we believe it. What do we believe? Nothing is impossible for God. It doesn't matter if you just graduated or if you're facing graduation in a month or a year or 10 years. It doesn't matter if you feel like your work is sucking you in and like you can't find a way out. It doesn't matter if you don't know what tomorrow is going to hold or the next day or the next day or the next day because the good news remains the good news because nothing is impossible for God. If we believe this, my friends, and if this becomes our truth, I believe that God finds a way. God takes Mary. Mary was not perfect. Mary was not Jesus right? Like she bore Jesus, but she was not ever called to be Jesus. She was just called to give Jesus a home, right? She was called to give Jesus a place. And because of that, nothing was impossible for God, right? God worked through her and in her. God continued to show up and reveal God's self time after time after time after time. And for 18 years, this has been a place that has been a home for the living God. And I am such a believer, my friends, that that has so little to do with me or Bryson Smith or Lynn Alley Grant. And it has so much to do with the way that God works through each of us. And so we, my friends, we may look at this change and say like, yep, this is good news. Let's get Jonathan and Kelly, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. And for some of us, we may look at this and say, what in the heck is going on? Why? This is not what I asked for. And wherever we find ourselves, whatever it is we are called to do, the truth that Gabriel spoke to Mary is the truth that we live day in and day out. Nothing is impossible for God. And that, my friends, is some really, really good news. Thanks be to God. Amen.